0: Welcome to the Generous Business Owner Podcast, where business owners gain inspiration and encouragement to live a legacy, not just leave one. And now your hosts, Jeff Thomas, Alan Barnhart, and Jeff Rutt. Welcome, everybody, to this week's Generous Business Owner Podcast. My name's Jeff Thomas, and we have a very special treat, a twofer. Jeff Rutt, the founder of Keystone Homes, and also Hope International, and the current president and CEO of Hope International, Peter Greer. Jeff, welcome to the program. Hey, everybody. And Peter, welcome to the program. Thanks, Jeff. So this is going to be fun. This is some uh, inside baseball. A lot of times, you know, almost every week we have some outside business owner kind of telling their, you know, War stories on how they try to use their business platform for generosity. Uh, but this week, uh, this, you know, Jeff, of course, Brett, is a, is a co host of the program. Peter Greer has been a great friend uh, of, of the program. And, uh, and those guys, of course, have known each other for decades through Hope International. But recently, I went with a couple of our employees at uh, Arcos uh, down to El Salvador and saw the work Hope International was doing along with uh, Compassion International. It was just a really special experience, and I came back uh, just all fired up about it, and uh, the three of us talked about it and decided to just do this podcast, basically under the title of Why Take Your Employees on a Vision Trip? And these guys, frankly, have a lot more experience than I do, so I asked them if I could just interview them about this. And so maybe to get started, Jeff Rutt, not everybody kind of knows the background of Keystone and your relationship, Starting Hope. Can you give us a little bit of that background to get us started? Sure.
1: Yeah, Jeff, I'll give you the uh, the quick, uh, fastest two minutes in podcast here. Background: <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I was born on a uh, in Southern Lancaster County. Uh, grew up on a dairy farm. My dad taught me the value of hard work and discipline at uh, around ten years of age, which I appreciated. Years later, didn't really appreciate
0: it. <laughs> years, comma,
1: dot, dot, dot. Years later, yes. Kind of a dysfunctional childhood at, at thirteen. Uh, my mom picked up my siblings at school one day and left me a note and said, hey, call me if you want to join. And uh, so I decided to spend my teenage years uh, with my dad on the dairy farm, kind of broken, but leaning into my faith in Jesus. 20 years old, I literally bought the farm before I knew what that meant. And um, turns out after 10 years, uh, my wife and I realized 300 bovines are very needy, so <laughs> I was looking for something with, uh, lower risk and lower, less hours. Uh, we didn't, we, my wife and I had done a lot of praying, let us spend a lot of time on our knees, just trying to figure out what was next. And God was, we weren't really getting the answers to our prayers the way at least we thought they should be answered. Uh, we wondered what God was up to. Uh, but during that time, uh, I thought let's look for something with lower risk and less hours. Maybe real estate and home
0: building would be a good choice. not cyclical. No. Really easy. Uh, Everything's always on time, under budget. There couldn't be an easier business.
1: So in 1992, we started Keystone Custom Homes. Um, Around that time, Mm -hmm. I had led a group from our church to send containers of food and medical supplies to our sister church in Ukraine. And we were inadvertently, unintentionally, creating a cycle of, Anticipation, expectation, entitlement, and dependency. And Pastor Petrenko set us down in the mid-90s and said, your helping is hurting. And that one comment shifted our whole approach. Uh, We started investing in the dreams of the families we were serving by empowering them with as low as $20 investment in a loan that helped them have dignity restored in their lives and, uh, become pillars in their own communities. So that organization, Hope International, that we started at the time continued to grow. Uh, but it didn't grow super fast at the time. We were kind of just struggling like a lot of early, you know, upstart, uh, young nonprofits. But in 2004, God sent us a hungry, humble, smart Harvard grad Uh, who's written over 15 books now, I think, including Mission Drift and Rooting for Rivals. Hope International has raised over $275 million, but has loaned out over $1.6 billion. But it all comes down to those individual families that we're serving, and that is what has gotten me so excited through the years, is seeing that impact. And that is truly, in my mind, the answer to prayer that I prayed you know when that when I started really realizing that in the mid 2000s, that was all of a sudden I had a aha moment and said that was the answer to my prayer that I prayed like uh, 17 years earlier. Wow! Uh But seeing that impact is something that comes back to your question, Jeff. I just love taking uh, folks, whether it's my family. You know, when my kids started as young as as four years old to our Teams of our employees who were getting ready to to leave in about uh, eight days, actually. Uh, there's thirty two of us headed to Zimbabwe and Zambia. and we we love taking families to see the front line of what God's doing around the world. And it just has such a huge impact, especially for teenagers, if you think if you're a teenager or if uh, if you think you're a teenager um, <laughs> in mind, Uh, It just has a huge impact, completely takes the wind out of your not fair speech. And it's just, uh, it's awesome to see what God's doing and to see firsthand the contentment and the joy in the families we serve around the world uh, at firsthand to get to meet them, shake their hand, talk with them, ask them questions, have you, have them ask you questions, and just uh, really get to experience that firsthand.
0: So. And we'll come back to this, Jeff. Thanks for sharing that, that backstory that just, it never gets old to me. Uh, but just, just at a high level, what is kind of your home building business, Keystone Homes, what is, do you have sort of an overarching policy about picking employees? You have like one a quarter, one a year, you know, just, just an overview of how do you invite employees to participate?
1: Yeah. So years ago, we set up a kind of a guideline that if you've been there, if you've been at the company for five years, you get to go on a trip to Dominican Republic. Oh, that's cool. You get to bring a plus one with you. And if you want to pay, you can bring like as many kids, friends, relatives, whoever you want. And we have a lot of people take us up on that. And then if you get, if you've been there 10 years, uh, you get to go to Africa, somewhere in Africa. So that's the milestone trip we're taking right now is Africa. We just recently reduced the first milestone to three years. Okay. Uh, We talked about it internally, and we just wanted to get our team kind of, just because of the way we're structured, you know, we're approximately 90% owned by uh, charity, and a lot of the profit for purpose goes to support the families we're visiting. We just wanted to get our folks to the front line sooner. So three years and 10 years uh, are those milestones. And how often? Is it once a year? So it's, well... COVID kind of interrupted that. Yeah, thing. in a normal year. Yes, yeah, not once a year, but I would say at least every other year.
0: Okay. Okay. That's really, I think that's really helpful uh, for people listening to, I mean, how do I even frame this thing? How do I get started? I mean, there's so many questions and, and we were talking before we started getting recorded. We understand that this might be kind of a on a scale of one to 10, maybe a level eight kind of uh, a discussion. Because it, it, it already kind of assumes you have a culture in something that you're passionate about as a company and, and that sort of thing to start taking people. Peter, let's kind of kick it to you. Uh, you have the advantage of, uh, of, of leading Hope and seeing this growth over almost two decades now. And, and to watch other sort of corporate partners or just individual givers with their companies get involved, what are some of the uh, ways, other ways you've seen uh, those folks?
2: use vision trips with their employees. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I've had a front row seat to is to watch the way that Jeff has engaged Keystone. Yeah. Incredible team there and his family. And I know this is not the point of today's conversation, but I just want to put an exclamation point, uh, on that experience with your kids. When I think about my uh, youth, I got to go on some international experiences and they were, uh, transformative. They, they planted some seeds in terms of international engagement, and just as Jeff said, this idea that there is a big world out there, and your world that you're living in uh, might not be uh, the way that it is for families around the world. So, yeah, I know uh, not the topic today, but maybe. Well, but, but I think it speaks to things. the it does speak to the perspective.
0: Yes. You know, one yes. of the things that you guys are both uh, saying that's resonating with me, I, I love what Jeff said about it takes the wind out of the not fair speech. I love that line, but, but what does it, what does it replace that with?
2: Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and I think the other thing, Jeff, that, uh, I've, I've seen is that there is, um, the Gallup organization, when they did their global research, they looked at there are 12 questions that if you answer positively to these 12 questions, there's going to be greater employee engagement. And one that I uh, think is so interesting is this uh, one where it says, uh, does the mission purpose of your company make you feel your job is important? If you believe that what you're doing is important in terms of what it is building, what it is creating, what it is doing around the world, you are far more likely to be an engaged employee. And I think that's one of the incredible benefits of these uh, trips is you get to see if your company is involved in some sort of philanthropy and some sort of engagement, If part of the profits are being used to build a better world, allowing more employees to not hear about it, but to see it, to experience it, I think that has a profound impact. When you come back to work after the trip and when you do your work, I don't think you do it in exactly the same way. I think you remember about what is being accomplished, yes, through the company, yes, in the way that it engages with customers, but also what it is doing. So I think even as a tool, For direct uh, engagement, I think it's powerful for people to see and experience. And just lastly, I think, you know, Jeff, you've you've seen this too, but you can be talking about what you do internationally. You can be talking about your philanthropy. But if you have not seen it, if you have not experienced it, I think it stays at a head knowledge and it never gets to a heart experience. And these trips have a way of opening up the heart, not just uh, more information, but seeing it, smelling it, tasting it, experiencing it. In a way that you never could do if you were not physically uh, there. So, powerful experiences, and I should stop because I can keep going on. Oh no, yeah, uh, we'll definitely come
0: back you. to you. But the 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 question that that prompts for me is maybe back to you, Jeff. Rudd, is as Peter's describing this sort of head to heart and uh, really taking it, uh, uh you know, in a, to a deeper level for the employees and then their engagement. I mean, obviously that can lead to some benefits that we were talking about before we were recording, like. Employee retention. I mean, even if you're not as passionate about the work, I mean, if you were just cold blooded and just said, "I want a program to retain employees," this would probably be a good strategy. Uh, but obviously, there's there, there's many more benefits. But Jeff, what are some of the benefits you've seen by taking employees? What maybe this maybe some of the head stories from a business owner perspective, but also maybe the heart transformation stories that you've seen from employees? Yeah. So. One of the things that I think of uh, is the,
1: the contentment that I see on the faces of the, the families that we visit and the contentment that our trippers, you know, the pilgrims yeah. going on our, our trips with us. And I, it, which makes me think of uh, Kristen Welch's book, Ra- Raising Grateful Kids in an Entitled World. And in some ways, we're all kids. Yeah. We're still, I, I don't know about you guys, but I'm still trying to figure stuff out. And, you know, I'm, try- I'm trying to figure out how to be grateful instead of entitled. And so I think just having that mindset of being open to looking at, you know, when, when you meet some of the families, it's not like you're going, you're going to take pictures of, you know, kids that are starving, that it flies on their face. These are, these are very content, joy filled families that are like engaged in what they're doing. They, that could I could have been born in in uh, Choma, Zambia, yeah. and be you know uh, farming maize, you know, instead of here in you know, Lancaster County. That could have been me. And it really helps you relate to wow, wow. This is a, a very small world. It just really opens up the uh, the mind and the heart. So I I think getting there. I think uh, as Peter said. It's one thing to see a video, to sit in a a meeting at your company, you know, quarterly meeting and see all this. That's an amazing work our company's doing. And that gives to the head. When you get the heart comes, when you're getting ready to leave, you've gotten to know some of these families. You've gotten to know Anastasia. You've gotten to know Andre. You've gotten to know, you know, uh, Francis. You've gotten to know some of these folks and it's time to leave. And you're like, I just made a friend that, that I now have on the other side of the world. And, you know, I I can WhatsApp them. I can, you know, whatever. You can stay in touch with them so easily today. And the world just got so much smaller. And it it makes some of the things that we deal with on a day-to-day basis seem like first world
0: problems because they are first world problems. (laughs) Yeah. Well, they shrink, right? They shrink. So they don't go away, but they shrink with that perspective. Yeah. Is that fair? Yeah. And I feel like it in a lot of ways, from a very practical standpoint,
1: it de-stresses a lot of the issues that we're just so you know, you know, bent out of shape about, wrapped around the axle about something that's happening, you know, some whatever whatever the challenge is that you're dealing with. I promise you, it'll it'll fade, it'll seem so much less important, so much lower a priority
0: once you come back from one of these trips. You know, what it's so interesting. I think I came into this discussion. I think thinking a little bit too much head myself, actually, Mm. in this sort of engagement as a corporate thing to do. And what I keep hearing from you guys, uh, especially, Jeff, with that kind of story is this sort of self-transformation, this sort of uh, uh, internal transformation of the person. Not so much about like almost a byproduct is how they feel about the company that provided that opportunity, but it's more about personal transformation and uh and, and that sort of thing am i on the right track I would and you think I, of- and i
1: i agree with that and I, and i think it's it comes down in my mind it comes down to the individual yeah the individuals you know for me early on if you know, i got a chance to, to learn to know nadia from ukraine who got a a small loan to start a clothing business and she saw an opportunity to expand and she she uh expanded into having a department selling portland cement and when she went to talk to her loan officer 18 months later, she said, I won't be needing any more loans because I'm not poor anymore. And, you know, the two Muslim women in Rwanda who are so ecstatic about their sneaker businesses, uh, but they would sit outside during the worship and word part of the meetings. But through time, got, were influenced and impacted by the uh, loan officer. They got loved in. Through the loan officer and the other believers in the group, to the point where those two Muslim women came to Christ through that interaction and through that loan cycle. And then, of course, one of my favorite, uh, you know, clients, Anastasia in Burundi, who uh, could not afford to send her two little girls to school, but leveraged a twenty-dollar loan into a wedding business that now has two hundred chairs, two hundred place settings, and two hundred baskets and three wedding dresses, small, medium, and large. And she's just thriving. So when you get to know Anastasia and these two women in, in Kigali and Nadia, when you get to know them personally, it's not about numbers on a page. It's about real people and real hearts. And you, you just, it's, it's, hard, it's hard to not have that impact you.
0: So good, Jeff. Peter, coming back to you, from, from the seat you're in, running this really growing nonprofit and more and more corporate engagement, you know, it takes resources. It's not cheap to fly people, employees to these areas and pay for the lodging and all of the transport and all that. But it also, ta- it also takes resources from nonprofits like Hope to have people meet them there and to plan it and to put the visit together and prepare people for those visitors. And so it takes resources uh, from Hope and other nonprofits to host these trips. How do you think about the value of that investment from, from the
2: nonprofit's side? Yeah. Well, I mean, one of the parts of this podcast that I love uh, is this is the Generous Business Owner Podcast. And I appreciate how you guys have a conversation on generosity that is certainly inclusive of the financial way that people are living a life of generosity. But since when is generosity just uh contained yeah. uh, through the financial piece? And I think these trips is an opportunity to be generous with experiences uh with your employees. Uh it's an opportunity to be generous in not just you having the experience. Um, this is stating it too harshly, but if your company has been involved in giving and raising the resources and you're the only one who's been able to see or experience the good that's happening around the world, mm. is it possible that, that might be uh, not a model of generosity. Uh, you've never mm. invited in uh, other other individuals that are helping generate the resources that are used for all this. So I think it's a generosity. And, and I have seen this too. This is never a an obligation. Uh, it's never yes. you have to. It's would you like to. It's extending invitation. And there will be some members of your team that will not be ready right now, maybe in a future point. But but extending the invitation, would you like to? And I just love how Jeff has the setup as the milestone uh, program. I think that is brilliant um, on that. But yeah, I, I think in terms of the uh, question, it does take resources. It takes time and it takes resources for the organization as well as for uh, the company. And I would say a couple things. One, preparation uh, matters. Yeah. And if Uh, You are not doing any preparation. It is possible for these trips to cause harm for the organization because they are not treating the individuals that are served with respect. They've not been kind of introduced into the context that they're sharing some cultural sensitivity, perhaps. And so at a minimum, I would say these trips have to do no harm. Uh, You have to do the work ahead of time to prepare, and you have to do the work afterwards to reflect and make sure that you're maximizing the good. But my experience is this is an incredible investment because more people understand, more people see. And just as Jeff said, this is not just about the financial uh, component, but is it possible that this is part of loving your employees? Is it possible that there might actually be some real significant work that happens in the lives of your team? Maybe they might be open to things that they would not have time to really think about, or maybe a new environment opens up something and so I would just say, lastly, if you're considering having an all-inclusive uh, resort uh, with an open bar for your employees as a thank you, or having the opportunity to bring them on a trip, try both, yeah. uh, tell, me which <laughs> regrets. Um, tell me which has greater engagement, yeah. and tell me which one of those two would you choose. That is, that is a
0: perfect segue. Thank you, Peter, because I was sitting here thinking about the way we made our decision to do our very first. Vision trip at, at at Arco's, and the the model I had in my head, Peter, you you nailed it. Was I, I spent twenty five years at these big firms where the top producers got taken on the luxurious resort uh, trips, and uh, you know, as God sort of got a hold of my heart, and was sort of pushing me in a different direction. I dreaded those trips, actually. You know, like like oh, I just it's just. It, I don't know. I just, it just didn't do anything for me from a motivational standpoint. And in fact, I felt like they were wasting money on things I didn't even want to do. And, uh, so, so I thought, okay, well, I don't want to do that, but how are we going to invite people? Like, how do we do our first screen? Like we, we've only been around, uh, you know, six years when we decided to do this. So I don't have any 10 year employees and I didn't have any of those things. So in my brain at the end of, uh, 22, uh, when we sort of announced as a company, we were going to support these organizations, Hope and Compassion, this sort of joint work in El Salvador, we invited people to defer a a piece of their annual bonus to to support it if they wanted to, and we would match it. Okay. And so uh, we did that. And and it really surprised me uh, who some of the biggest givers were. And uh, I'll never forget, actually, not who I expected. And so I thought, well, gosh, we'll invite the biggest giver. That was, it was, in my head, I thought, well, we'll just invite the people with the biggest dollar amount. That's what we'll do, because clearly they care the most. But of course, there's a widow's bite uh, deal to this. As a percentage of their overall income, that would have been a different thing. But I was really, honestly, uh, I'm embarrassed to admit, I was looking at the absolute dollar <laughs> number, and I thought, well, in my brain, luckily I didn't say it out loud, uh, but in my brain I was thinking, well, that's maybe who we should invite. So I'm not the head of our giving committee. Actually, one of our uh, employees is. And so we had a call, and I asked him, who do you think we should invite? And I thought he had a brilliant idea. He said, his name's Chip uh, Brackley. He said, "Uh, let's invite all the admin people that would never get to go on anything and would never pay for themselves to go. And I thought, that's exactly the opposite of the way the world does it. And, And I'm not saying that's the right thing to do. What we actually ended up doing is inviting... Those people, and a couple of the bigger givers who we knew were super engaged and were constantly asking, "Can I go? Can I go? Can I go?" So we kind of did a a a hybrid uh, trip, but but we started thinking of it. I I didn't really think of it this way. I was just thinking of it as a sort of a transformational thing, uh, sort of a fulfillment thing. I didn't think of it as an award trip. And he's like, "This is an award trip, like you know, just Jeff. I mean." it's a little bit of a reward for being around. Like you, you sure. stayed around for three years, you stayed around for 10 years. Jeff, do you frame this as, I mean, how do you talk about it? Is this is a benefit to being here? How do you, you know what I mean? How do you frame it, the employee?
1: Yeah, I mean, and, and as Peter referenced, some, some folks decide not to go. Yeah, yeah. They might, they might, be, yeah. They might not be ready, uh, or it's just like,
0: you know, fear of the unknown. Well, some of the locations are scary by the internet standards. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, uh person per, per for for
1: for someone who's traveled yeah extensively like myself, so going to Victoria Falls in Zimbabwe is like who wouldn't want to go to Victoria Falls? You know. <laughs> but if you haven't been out of the country, yeah, which, yeah, yeah. you know, a fair amount of Americans That's have true. not been out of the country. I don't know what the percentage is, but uh but there is a sense of adventure, you know, when someone comes on and, and someone's learning to know the culture and that hey i'm gonna i'm I'm looking forward to my you know trip to dominican republic or uh trip to africa somewhere in africa and the cool part about it and i think this is key if you're if you're considering doing this is partner with an organization like hope international or, or another organization that can get you in to meet with families on the front line don't take a trip and just be a tourist i mean that's fine if you want to be a tourist somewhere uh, I would encourage you that, if you really want to get the most out of it, get to know folks on the ground that are not necessarily catering, you know, to the Americans or to the to the other tourists uh, that are coming in from other parts of the world. Get to know real families that live there, that, you know are dealing with the real challenges of of everyday life. And I think again, you'll there's a lot more to learn and a lot more to unpack there that uh, just, Makes the world a smaller place. We all serve a sovereign God. We all uh, worship in very similar ways. It's amazing, you know we we like to think about sometimes when we were getting ready to go on a trip like this, how all the differences, how things are so different, you know, in the places we're going to go. But when you really start listing the similarities and you know where our hearts are, all the things that we want for each other in our families, we want healthy families. We want education. We want. The next generation to have you know faith in jesus there's there's you know we pray for each other uh we want health for our families. we want to help our neighbor you know there's there's just so many things that are similar, and the world becomes so much smaller and and uh i I feel like it's 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 easier to love your neighbor whether that neighbor is across the street or across in a different continent,
0: so good. Peter, the, the, one of the things that I'm thinking about is, I'm, I'm thinking of one of the women that went on the, on the trip we recently got back from, and there's we don't interact all day, every day on a normal basis. And now when I pass her desk, I feel like we kind of have this shared experience that we can reference at any time that'll bring a smile to our faces. And, and talk about, Jeff, like you said, somebody that we met or a story or that you've been on a ton of these with all kinds of groups, obviously families, people that don't know each other, but also the corporate ones. Can you speak to that sort of shared experience? How do you see those relationships being built between the, uh, uh, the visitors, if you will? Uh, can
2: you speak to that a
0: little bit, what, what you've seen there?
2: I'd be happy to, but I don't need to because you just shared it. Jeff, yes. before, what do you think that was? What is it about a shared experience that allows those relationships uh, to go to just a deeper level. What what was it on that trip? What contributed to that? Yeah, I'll, I'll give you an example. Uh, yeah, thanks for throwing it back to me.
0: Uh, so w- one of the admin uh, ladies, very highly educated, but she said something out loud that I think was in my head, uh, and I told her so, but I, she said it first, which was... Uh, you know, I had read Friedman's uh, The World is Flat years ago, right? And uh, you guys are uh, big world travelers. For those out there that, that don't really know that reference, it's it was a book written many years ago that was talking about how, you know, the Googles of the world will find you if you're a good programmer, no matter where you are on the planet. Okay, so uh, uh, the, the playing field is leveling globally. And, and I think to a certain extent that might be true. But it is not. 100% true. And these trips to the poorest, to visit the poorest of the poor, illustrate this. And so I had a thought in my head that I did not express first, but this uh, woman who went with us did. She said, you know, after the trip on our way back, she said, you know, I'm embarrassed to admit this, but I really figured if they're this poor, they must not be that smart. Mm. She said it, out and she's a very God-fearing, wonderful person. This is, but I, I, I sort of chuckled because I thought, "Wow, you said it out loud!" Like I was afraid to kind of say it, you know. And and we met this one woman was in a giving group, and uh, I mean, it's the proverbial chicken situation. You guys have probably seen hundreds of these, but uh, I'd heard of these things. But we literally had this woman who was a mother, and uh, it, it just had her third baby, and. She had three chickens and the giving group, she took a loan and she now has a hundred chickens. you know, and she was, I go, well, where are the chickens? And she's like, they're in my backyard. I was like, I haven't seen many, too many pink backyards. I, and I'm like, well, who runs all this operation? She's like, my family, I'm employing the whole family. And I was like, take me through the economic. How much does it cost to buy a chick? How long do you, do they gestate or grow? How much it is the feed? How much it is that, you know, three months later, do you sell them for? I'm like, it's a pretty sweet margin, you know? She's like, boom, like on Shark Tank, nailing the numbers, you know? <laughs> and I, and at the end, of it, I get, and I turned to everybody after she talked. I was like, can we hire her? Like, can she get back on the plane with us? I was like, this is amazing. And so, like, we have that story in common. Like, where's Maria? You know, like, hey, we need to hire somebody. Let's go get her, you know? Like, it's, it's, uh, so it just that's just a little one of a 100 tiny experiences where you can reference we we had a hilarious story even the funny stuff that happens that's not like that a, a learning experience but just at one church they had us get on stage and introduce ourselves and we had to pretend to be an animal and the kids would like try to figure out what it was and yell it out okay that was just like a little icebreaker thing okay so like they popped it on us at the last second. What's your favorite animal? And anyway, so that became a running joke because uh, one of the animals that was picked was this obscure animal. And we were laughing forever about the, obs- why would you pick an obscure animal that you can't make the noise? So it was just, we just had so much fun with So these are inside jokes. So like literally next week, we're having the whole company in and we give these, we call it the arkies these little silly sort of like office awards, you know? But a bunch of them are from the people that went that are inside jokes from the trip. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. Uh, And and so it just, I can't, I can't put that into words. The camaraderie that builds through, it cuts through every level of the organization and all of that. I mean, Jeff, you're probably thinking of things like that. I mean, what what comes to mind when I say that? Oh, yeah. No, no, no. There's just so much bonding. Yeah. And,
1: And Peter, you've seen that in a lot of the trips that you've led.
0: Yeah. Well, I think that's amazing. So, Jeff, any other thoughts before we kind of wrap it up here? You know, let, let's do it this way. The way we always close this podcast is with a practical tip. So I, I'm trying, you know, because a lot of times these stories, as you guys know, I mean, we have these giant highs, giant lows. Usually if they have them on the podcast, they're not totally in the, in the barrel at the moment. Uh, but sometimes it's, it, you can get to the end of it and go, well, well what am I supposed to do tomorrow? So, Jeff, maybe we start with you. What would be just a practical tip? You know, maybe it's just a simple. uh, If they're thinking about doing this kind of thing, where do they start? Yeah.
1: So, I would encourage you if you're thinking about any kind of a reward, any kind of a uh, a goal uh, for your for a team, for an individual. uh, If you're if you're thinking about choices on sending them, you know, on a cruise to Disney to some kind of a some kind of a normal trip, you know, ski trip, whatever. Think about this as at least mm. as an option. Uh, mm. It's something completely different than what most corporations, most companies around the country would think. But that's a good thing, and and mm. most families, uh, especially the spouses, will say will recognize it, and mm. your team members will thank you years from now. Uh, they may think you in this trip we're we're taking next week. Uh, there's a bunch of younger kids going along on the trip, you know, junior high and, and high school kids. And they, they're so excited about it. And I'm excited about the bonding that's going to be yes. even within those families. Yes, I mean, just, just the travel part creates. Plenty. Yeah. No, you're <laughs> you not at all. To. But, uh, but experiencing, you know, uh, another culture does as well. But, uh, but I would start there and then, I would reach out to someone. Reach out to Peter. Reach out yeah. to someone like Open International or another organization that has real grassroots ties. Yeah, I would make sure you're going to get to the front line, like the front line. Like visit, you know, Natasha and Anastasia and Simeon, yeah, and make sure you're going to visit the families and get to know them. Hear a little bit about what they're praying for. Hear a little bit about what they're goals in life are hear about what you know what they think about and dream about and their you know what their dreams are uh and that that's what i would encourage you to take that first step it doesn't have to be like taking 30 people it could be taking right. two people right like two
0: years from now but i would uh that would, I would that would be my uh, i love that think of it as a replacement and and start small i i, I like that uh peter what what Comes to mind when I when I ask you, hey, what's a small step or a, a step in this direction that a business owner could take? Just think about
2: that. I think Jeff nailed it. Just try it. Try yeah. it. See if it works, and don't bring the whole company. Right, <laughs> bring a couple of people. Please don't bring the whole company. Um, <laughs> right, and see if it works. And again, I just would uh, then compare the results. Uh, tell me if there is not more joy, more life. Uh, more, more meaning uh, when you come back as opposed to that versus one of the other trips. I think that we are designed by our creator for meaning and purpose and a life that is lived uh, inwardly is not life that is lived to the full. Uh, a life that is focused on others, a, a life that is paying attention to the needy and then organizations that somehow connect that to meaning, to purpose, to love, to service uh, I think something really special happens. So
0: yeah, that's it. Try it. See what happens. Well, listen, uh, thanks so much, uh, both of you, uh, for doing this today. And, uh, and, and frankly, just personally for modeling this generous life for me. And I know you've inspired uh, many others as well. So thank you everybody for, uh, tuning in to this week's generous business owner podcast, uh, share it uh, with others and, uh, leave your ratings and reviews and, uh, Sign up for our newsletter at our website, and we will see you next week. Happy New Year, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Generous Business Owner Podcast with Jeff Thomas, Alan Barnhart, and Jeff Rutt. Make sure to follow the podcast so you don't miss an episode. You can find the guest contact information in the show notes. Stay tuned for the next episode.